Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Higher Ed Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Robsham. I'm a wife, mother of two fur babies, and SA Pro turned CEO. I'm on a mission to help every SA Pro I meet make six figures, whether they're building a side hustle or going full-time in their business. If you want to heal your relationship with money, have time freedom, and live the lifestyle you deserve, you're in the right place. Let's get this episode started. everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Higher Ed Entrepreneur. I'm very excited. I have a friend and client here today, Amy Cullen, who's a Thrive Coach, um, has an amazing story and also is going to be talking with us more about the great resignation and how we know, you know, many people are leaving their higher ed jobs and jobs in general. So Amy has a really unique perspective on pivoting, and kind of just what we've been going through this past year and what's currently happening. So Amy, I'd love to hand the mic over to you intro and get this convo started. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, As Kaylee mentioned, I'm a Thrive Coach and I've also expanded this year into offering healing services. Um, Pivoting is very personal for me. I've done huge pivots in my career multiple times. And the great resignation um, is something that I've just really identified with and just can really see clearly. Um, So I love talking about it and I'm excited to talk about it with you and your listeners. Awesome. Thank you, Amy, for being here. So let's start a little bit with your story. If that, is that a good place to start? Yeah, that's great. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So how does higher ed play into your journey and where was your starting point with your pivots and career changes? So I think it probably makes sense to start with pivot first um, because I started out of college having an English degree and never actually considered what I would do with it after graduation. (laughs) I just knew I liked books. Um, And so I got into publishing and quickly realized there was not a living wage there. Um, and took some classes to learn about website making, which was really new. You couldn't get degrees in it yet. And I basically had like a two hour class on a bunch of programs and then was like, I'm going to see if I can do this. (laughs) Um, Got an interview, walked out of it going, holy crap, they're going to hire me. What have I done? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the best case, but also scary. Oh yeah. The fear was like, just vivid. I can remember just being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is happening. (laughs) Um, And the beautiful thing about it is I had good support at the time and I was like, okay, worst case scenario, they have me start, they realize I can't do anything and I get fired (laughs) and I find another job. Um, And I was like, that sounds horrible, but I will survive that. Right. Um, And it wound up going really, really well. I asked a lot of dumb questions and got a lot of crazy looks, but I learned really quick on the job. And that's been something that's always supported me. So making that huge pivot was really possible, um, but it wasn't without fear. Right. And I excelled in the tech field and I actually spent a good chunk in higher ed as a web designer. Um, So I think in total, it's like nine years. And while tech pays probably one of the better positions in higher ed, it's still not enough. Um, 
I did find a lot of comfort in the flexibility that I got and I learned that benefits are really important. So I feel like I learned a lot of great lessons in higher ed, but I also learned a lot of dysfunction um, and which you've talked about plenty of where there's this expectation to be grateful um, that you have this job and that you're getting this work and that you can put in extra hours to be um, you know, the best person that's helping the system survive and thrive, right? Um, and kind of unlearning a lot of that has been some interesting work. Um, and then the most recent pivot I had was in November, I was working for a healthcare system and they laid me off in the middle of the pandemic. So it was November and I had no warning um, and it just kind of happened. And the, the most amazing thing happened, which is I was like, cool. <laughs> and they like, cause most people were like, Oh my God, you got laid off. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, why? This is amazing. <laughs> Um, and I will admit, you know, I, I was in a fortunate enough position where I got laid off and they offered me um, what they call a parachute package, which is we had an agreement to keep you employed. We're no longer going to honor that. You can either take this money that we offer you as a lump sum or try to find a different job in the business. And I was like, I will find a different job because I'm kind of burnt out right now. And they were kind of like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, that's that's what I'm going to do. And I remember like sitting with that and being like, oh my God, what have I done? What am I going to do? Like, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. This is so great to hear because I'm, I'm sure our listeners are like, oh my gosh, you're just approaching this. And obviously it's, there's time has passed, mm -hmm. but it seems like throughout your journey, you still had like a pretty positive like mindset even though these pivots happened, even though you were laid off during a pandemic. Um, and I think, cause even when you're given a package, like it's still scary to have that happen during something that we haven't experienced ever in our lifetime. So, well, first of all, what school can I ask what school you graduated from? Uh, University of Minnesota Morris. Oh, cool. Awesome. It uh, interesting tidbit is there like a tiny um, university in Western Minnesota mm -hmm. um, that was a wonderful school, uh, but also has a history of being a boarding school. Um, so there was a bit of mixed feelings about going to school in a place that formerly um, took indigenous kids and, and taught them how to be white, essentially. Um, but part of their reparations are uh, free tuition for any indigenous people that go there, which is how I was able to afford college. That's amazing. Yes. That's part of your lived experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have quite a few folks who listen in from Minnesota. So I wanted to give some context there. It's an important part of your story. Um, and you talked about, so like having support, um, going to school and then having support in your pivots. I, I heard you say kind of like, you know, you trusted yourself and then what was there? So can you talk a little bit just about like the inner self-trust and maybe the mindset that you had at the time and then the, like any outer external support you had, um, yeah. like for people that were supporting you and, totally. um, how that's changed maybe since. 
how your mindset or trust has changed? Yeah, that is such a great question. Um, and my two pivots are perfect for that. So my first pivot, which was children's publishing into the web world, um, I didn't have as much self-confidence and self-faith. Um, I really went to the people that were closest to me. So my boyfriend at the time that I was living with, I was like, they offered me the job and I'm going to get fired and I won't have any money and I can't pay any bills. And it's just like that downward spiral, you know, that we all have been through. I feel like at some point of like, everything is going to combust and it all fall apart. (laughs) And his response was so wonderful because he just looked at me with love and he goes, okay. And, and I said, but I can't pay bills. And he goes, well, I have a job. Like, it's not like you'll be unemployed forever. And I was like, oh, what? (laughs) You know, like that kind of support had never really, I was always so independent. I had never even given that a chance at being something that could help me through it. Um, And so I, I really credit my external support for showing me like, okay, so you get fired and everything falls apart and you can't pay for anything. You're not going to be on the street. You're going to have a place to live. You're going to get back on your feet. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I can do this (laughs) and did. And it worked out amazingly. I have had a wonderful career in tech for 15 years. Um, And then this last time I, (laughs) it was really interesting because I actually got like, messages, gut feeling, instinct, whatever you want to call it, that I needed to go to Minnesota. Um, and I didn't know why, because it was like during a pandemic, I was still really scared to fly. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done, but it was so clear to me that I needed to go that I just went, okay, like stop yelling at me. Okay. (laughs) Um, and so I booked it. And I was like, I told my best friend and she was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Like you can stay with me. And I was like, are you sure it's pandemic? I don't want to like risk anything. She's like, no, you're staying with me. It's great. And I was like, I really want to go to the North shore because it's such a healing place. And I feel really recharged and regenerated there. And she was like, awesome. Let's do an overnight. Literally on the drive up is when I get the call from my manager telling me I've been laid off. (laughs) And so it was really powerful because it kind of was like this affirmation of internal instinct supporting me and knowing that I would need, I would be best supported with that situation around me. Um, So my best friend, you know, it was on surround sound in the car, (laughs) like literally mid bite into a sandwich and just looks at me like, oh my God, are you okay? (laughs) Like. And I just kind of look at her and I'm like, yeah. And I just like shake my shoulders and nod. And I'm like, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) And I can remember like we got up to her, this cabin that we had rented and she was like, what do you want to do? What do you need from me? Are you okay? And I was like, I, maybe I'm in shock, but like, I feel fine. (laughs) And I think that's because I had been through hard stuff before. I had gotten through it and it was fine. And I had, I knew I had good support and I knew I had like really good tools in my shed of like how to sit with this uncertainty and not lose it. And so I just kind of went, okay, like stuff's like really uncertain right now. And that's okay. It's not an immediate threat. It's just something that's kind of here right now. And let's wait and see 
versus freak the fuck out. <laughs> I don't know if I can swear on this. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So See, yeah, I think that, that moment is powerful because the pandemic has only increased that feeling of uncertainty. And now with um, jobs and careers, that big question mark or people have to be with uncertainty. So it sounds like you have a lot of experience with being with uncertainty. And it sounds like one of the tools that you use over and over again is identifying and acknowledging the support you do have. And um, whether that be external people, and then also just resources like natural resources that you are going to need to survive and thrive. Yeah. And I think a big part of it too, is like, I think there's a really great fear around uncertainty and it's not necessary, nor is it helpful. And if we can release the fear around uncertainty and just kind of hang out with it, we don't have to like it, but if we (laughs) just acknowledge it and be like, okay, almost like when depression hits, you know, like when you obsess about it, it gets worse. But when you're just like, all right, depression, here we go. Or you're here for a bit. I don't know how long, I don't know how we're going to get out of it, but you're here. I'm going to sit with you and we're going to just like do what we can to feel better. And the more that we lean into the, all right, you're here, (laughs) the, the less intense and the less powerful it becomes and the easier it gets to be to transition out of it. That sounds, I think when we're talking about it, it's so much easier said than done, but it is a muscle when you have the practice. And I really think it's as you also get older. I think age is also a huge part of it. Um, but now we see people, people are going through transitions faster, Mm -hmm. um, from careers and jobs faster. So I feel like we're all being tested and challenged to, are you sure you still want to do this? Are you sure you still want to be in this job? Like, is the grass really greener on the other side? Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that you mentioned like having that instinct and that gut instinct. Um, And you kind of talked about like, you know, questioning yourself, like, did I make a stupid decision? And so when we have those two parts of us that are, you know, our logical mind versus that gut instinct, can you tell us more about your relationship with both, both of those things and how you've maybe built a bridge between them or just your relationship in general to make really key decisions that change the trajectory of your career? Yeah. Um, I grew up practicing meditation and yoga. My parents helped found the meditation center in Minneapolis. So it was a big part of my life. And I attribute a lot of my ability to step back from intense things to meditation. Um, Meditation kind of takes me out of the kind of like overly hypercharged situations and able to look at it versus be in it. Um, And that's been really key for me in being able to look at things critically versus being overrun of going down a downward spiral or going down a freak out or anything like that. 
and it's it's come in time and useful time and time again. I think that that has been a huge part of of being able to identify what's helping and what's not. Um, and I think that you know honestly, the subconscious work that I've done with you and learning from the Liberate program really helped me clarify how that's happened in that like our subconscious always has our best intentions at heart and realizing that even the negative questions and thoughts and feelings are trying to help. And so once I was able to disassociate negative and bad from these questions that can feel that way, I started seeing them for what they truly were, which was like, okay, we're scared. Um, How can we mitigate the risk instead of, oh my God, we fucked up. This is going to be so horrible. (laughs) Right. And so it's, it's nuanced, but it's really, really key. Um, Because as soon as you can kind of step out of the intensity, you can look at it logically, which I love logic. I, my brain just is built for it. That doesn't mean I can't be very creative. I can, but logic, I just, sometimes it just really clicks for me. And that was a moment that really clicked for me of like, okay, like this isn't detrimental. This is my subconscious trying to be like, Hey, we've got a yellow flag here. Let's look at it and let's evaluate and see if that's right. Is it scary? Do we need to pay attention to it? Should we be altering our path somehow for that? Or is it trying to protect us? And can we go through it anyways and come out even better on the other side of it for going through it? I love that. Yeah, the subconscious mind, we have those safety mechanisms that come online that Mm -hmm. could be maybe like, a little outdated, but we still need to honor them. So maybe we had the safety protector come in and say like, we have to keep you safe from this, but that you're no longer in that situation. So you listening to your gut and to your mind helps you just look at your belief system and Mm -hmm. how it's evolved over time. Yeah. And, and like stories that we've been told growing Mm -hmm. up too, of like, these stories that we just continue to run kind of on autopilot and how do we recognize them as stories and evaluate if they're still true. Right. Yes. Yeah. And give us, give ourselves the, like the ability to lead ourselves and trust ourselves. Right. And so it can kind of feel like, what do I do first? Like, how do I build the trust if I feel like I don't have the trust? And I think the piece of acknowledging when it comes up and taking a step back um and meditation it sounds like has helped you build that self-trust from a really young age Um, oh yeah for sure like even just simple i'm going to take a breath here and follow it is enough often these days to be like okay okay we're back. <laughs> We're not all up in our brains going, Oh my God, uh, screaming with our hands. around, Right. You like kind of get back into your body and just kind of go, okay, I'm here. This is not an immediate danger. Let's, let's slow it down a little bit and, and, and look at why we're feeling that way instead of being stuck in the feeling. Yes. Yeah. And something that you've brought up before is kind of like community care and, that's where support comes in too, is like, you're always like you asked in this 
the second pivot, like, is it okay if I stay with you? You know, I think those little moments can really provide our nervous system with so much safety and support, um, in relationships. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the work that you do as a coach is very much relational, um, work. So how has, how has community, like, how have you been able to create a community or stay in touch with your community during the pandemic? Yeah, it's been, um, a mixed bag. I would say I, I tend to <laughs> take a lot of shots and see what lands kind of thing. Um, I love that. <laughs> in that, like, you know, I'm looking to friends and creating zoom happy hours, so simple stuff like that, or I'm investing in a one-on-one coach because I don't know where I'm going, but I really like where they look like they're at kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then recently I just launched a community program, um, called the unwinding collective. And I am just so, I'm so honored. It came through me. I'm so excited to be a part of it. I am lit up every time I'm in it and working with my co-creator Makeda. Um, we just had our first call and it was just such a beautiful space to hold of, being able to show up authentically, laugh, um, get onto like serious topics that can be really controversial and, and find that instead of receiving judgment, you receive understanding and support and encouragement. Um, so that's something that I'm really, really excited about as far as community and, and seeing a pocket of service that I think um, we are providing, which is really cool. That's amazing. I love how your story feel like the way the practices, the self-care practices that you show up in your own life is in the title, like unwinding. So instead of fire, it's like the opposite of spiraling, right? So unwinding like your nervous system and how that really reflects a lot of Amy's story and journey up until this point. And Amy, I know you also take one-on-one clients because, you know, we do have a lot of people transitioning in careers and you really help with the energetic and emotional decisions that have to be made. So can you talk more about the collective versus your one-on-one work as a coach? Um, So one-on-one work is, Oh, it's so fun. Um, I, a lot of times when we make these huge pivots, it, it can be full of fear and insecurity and old stories and patterns. And so what I do with my clients is help them ground into their safety and their self-reliance and self-support. And also I'm there to support as well. Um, I recently helped a client transition from being a teacher to being a data engineer. And it was so fun um, to just support them in the moments where they're like, I can't do this. I'm going to fail. It's all going to fall apart. And I'm like, girl, I have been there. I know how that feels and I promise you can do it. Um, And guiding through asking for money that seems like just a dream Um, that also can trigger a lot of fear and insecurity. And so helping lift them up to feel comfortable and secure enough to say the words, right? It might not be a comfortable conversation, but you can get those words out and you'd be surprised what can happen. So my one-to-one container is really, really fun in that it's really focused on 
growth. And a lot of times it can be rapid growth is what I've discovered. It can happen <laughs> faster than most people are, are thinking it can happen, which is to me makes it even more fun. Cause it's just so surprising in a really fun way of like, Oh my God, it's only been like two, three months. And I'm already doing the thing I thought would take my lifetime, you know? Um, Right. And I think as like you have hypnotherapy, so you work directly with the subconscious mind. So being able to, you help clients not only identify the belief, like I think a lot of coaches do a good job at that, but then you can also create hypnosis and Mm -hmm. you can, you have some techniques that actually help loosen and lessen the fear and let go of some of these beliefs and make space for new beliefs. So maybe Mm -hmm going to get that negotiation doesn't feel as hard when you don't have that filter or lens of, you know, I've only made, you know, maybe 40 or $50,000 and I've never made a hundred K a year. And that can feel scary. So you also have some of those tools that you bring into your work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the fun side effects too, is we do a lot of, um, like foundational work. And so it's not just career-based, even though that's the initial intention, this stuff tends to carry over into intimate relationships and friendships and other things, um, that can be really powerful because it doesn't just shift your career life. It shifts your whole life and you start like thriving in more areas than just career, which can be really, really cool to see. I love that. Yeah. How you do one thing is how you do most things. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. And, you know, when we get to a place where we feel more confident, it's, it's just going to continue to, to spread and ripple through other parts. And the cool thing that even in addition to that, that I get really lit up by, I'm sure you heard it in my voice (laughs) (laughs) that travels beyond you too. Like Mm -hmm. I can remember very clearly when I started kind of stepping into my new reality of becoming a thrive coach and a healer, I watched my friends start demanding more from their lives too. And it was just like, Oh girl, I see you. (laughs) I know uh, this is cool. Cause and I, I have clients who can say that too. And they're like, they, their friends don't know it, but they know it because they can see that because they stepped up, it, it invited their people around them to step up as well, which is really, really cool. I love that. It's that natural energetic, like, oh, I see my purpose Mm -hmm. and like, it's right here, but it's more, it's even more than that. It's really being able to see yourself. And I think that's been like working with a coach, deciding to be an entrepreneur, which is definitely a career path Mm -hmm. um, that you help people with too is coaching isn't just like someone who's more than a cheerleader, more than like some guideposts. It's like, okay, let's help you see yourself so you can feel confident. And it does change your whole community. And it's like, wait, this person decided to go after this. And like, (laughs) what is the secret behind that? (laughs) There's such an energy exchange too, that you get to tap into. Um, And I think that's a big part of the power as well. And I've gotten that feedback from clients before too, where they're just like, I just love our calls because I get off of them and I'm just like psyched and ready and I can do anything. And I have my coach and I'm just like, yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's what I'm here for. And that's, what's so fun to just play in, right. It's, it's playing 
and it gets to be cool. Yeah. And have someone who's like outside of your circle who you can share unfiltered thoughts with that does that don't, they're not going to judge you for that. Whereas if you're like, even if you have a friend who is a coach, it's Mm -hmm. just different having someone outside of your circle. Absolutely. Cause there's no preconceived notions. There's no history that, you know, is going to color it. It's just here and now and where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So a part, something that you've been talking about on your social media and been posting about on Instagram is the great resignation. And so, you know, a lot of people are leaving their jobs, which we've been alluding to this whole time. Um, but I don't know, what can you tell us about the great resignation and anything that you can share with us that would help listeners or. Yeah, I think at first glance, the great resignation can seem really scary. Um, I think that, you know, we see it everywhere and even the words, the great resignation is like, Oh, that's huge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know, there's scary stuff that goes with it. It, it. it is directly related to the pandemic and going through it and experiencing it. And what it's about is, you know, when an entire world comes to a stop and we all have to look around and go, holy shit, things just changed hugely. Um, there's, there's no way around not changing how we see the world. And so the great resignation is all about how um, people are leaving their jobs because either they've been working from home and the, the place is saying, come back to the office and they're saying no, or they're saying, come to the office um, or never got to leave. And they're like, no, I don't feel safe or I don't feel comfortable, or this isn't a place that is lifting me up as much as I'm lifting it up. Um, and then you've talked about as well, the, um, vaccination demands that are being placed on people, which also factors into, okay, I don't know enough or don't feel safe enough to get that, or it's religious reasons, whatever, um, that also can force people to leave a position. And then there's kind of the brighter side of it too, of people like me who just kind of went, okay, I got laid off, but I have a little bit of a fund and I can chase a dream now, or people who are so close to retirement or have been in retirement age for a long time and finally woke up and just went, what am I doing? And they had the funds to just step away. And so the cool side of this coin is now there's so much opportunity and power in um, employment, being an employee or starting a business um, that it's like insane. The amount of possibility that's out there right now, it's really exciting. We're seeing a lot more benefits being offered. We're seeing a lot more livable wages being offered. We're seeing places that don't offer benefits and funds to their people not succeed. So they're closing, which, you know, in and of itself is really sad to lose a business, but this is how our society and the direction of the world shifts and it moves forward. And I think it's moving forward in a really beautiful direction in that we're reevaluating what it means to have a business, what it means to be an employee, what it means to get more out of a career that isn't just, I have a job and it pays me money. It's beyond that, 
right? It's so cool. I know. I you're you talking about this. I just got chills. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is really beautiful. I think, wow, you should consider being a speaker. Like, oh, I want to. I have <laughs> before. I would like to expand on it. Sure. Wow, I just got chills, and I'm like, I know that you know we, you and I, live this as coaches, like day to day, and we're integrating and everything that's coming through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you offering that hope and that almost like expectation that we are moving in a really good direction. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have to, you know, the internal is like our external environment is reflected in our internal environment as well. So like all of that fear and it's like, "Hmm, how long have we really had this fear? And now it's an opportunity to be with the fear, to let it go. Mm -hmm. And that process can take, you know, it can take some time but there is the opportunity and hope and, and the, the beauty in starting something in starting something brand new. So absolutely. And being a piece of the puzzle that makes the world a better place for everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Reimagining like beauty and power in that. Like mm-hmm. I'm in awe of it. Every time I look at it, I'm just like, this is so cool. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. One of, one of our shared connections, Victoria, I think she, she brought up who's in our community. Um, you know, we're not so much like, sometimes it's not so much unlearning, like there is an unlearning piece, but it's more of a remembering who we are before the nine to five workplace was put in place and all of these other rules and regulations that, weren't maybe were created by one person and just happened and they weren't really thought about like the longevity of it. So yeah, this affects our systems and the nine to five thing is actually really cool. Have you dug into it ever? A little bit. Yeah. Tell me more. So like there was a recent, um, graphic I saw on Instagram that talked about it. And so I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And it was all about like, Oh, this guy created nine to five and he's the worst. But when you dig deeper, he actually made the working environment better because people used to work every day of the week and work like a hundred hours a week. (laughs) And so his shift into that was actually really profound and beneficial to humans and people who were working. And so I actually think it's really, really neat because to me, it shows me two things. Don't believe things at first glance that they're terrible. Dig into it more. And secondly, be the power that is shifting things for the better. We may not get it the first time. I think all of us are probably over the Monday through Friday, nine to five. So let's be that next shift that says, okay, that was great for a while. And it really improved things, but we can do even better. Let's have four day work weeks or three day work weeks and like four hour days, right? Like that to me sounds amazing and ideal. But like, we're, I think going, that is part of the great resignation too, of like, let's reevaluate what works for us and what doesn't, and let's do better. Let's have those conversations. Let's shift this needle even more to a good work-life balance. Right. So cool. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the fact that you're creating this space in your community, and this is what you're building your business around is great because people, I think people question like, where can I go to learn more about this? And where, where do I fit in during this time? What's my role? And and the, the internet can be a really harsh place 
to ask questions, but that's how we grow. So like the fact that you, that many people, myself included sometimes don't feel safe enough to ask a question. Cause we're like, somebody's going to think I'm dumb. Somebody's going to think I'm hateful. Somebody's going to think I'm whatever. This space that I've built is a safe space. And it's, it's meant to go there and say, here's what I think. Here's what I've heard. What do you guys all think? Is this a dumb question? <laughs> and of course we'll be like, it's not a dumb question. There are no dumb questions. Um, just like our high school English teachers. <laughs> uh, and I, I've, I truly subscribe to that. Like I want to have the conversations about vaccines. I want to have the conversations about Black Lives Matter. I want to have these really quote unquote hot topic conversations um, that have visually been heated on the internet and have it with compassion and kindness and curiosity instead. Yes. Yeah. And I think that I remember that started to happen when just the media, right? Like people kind of follow the media headlines Mm -hmm. and then, uh, and then the conversations kind of follow that lead. And then what was happening kind of behind the scenes, you know, in the DMS on Facebook or Instagram is people don't actually feel that way. People feel people do have compassion. And Mm -hmm. even if they disagree, they're willing to listen and they're willing to create that space. So I'm glad that you are just becoming a pillar in the community. So people feel like they have a guide more than a guidepost, a community. Yeah. To go to, because there are, I think at times during change and transition and uncertainty, there are more questions than answers. And we have to find and come to those answers as much as they change in a community where people feel safe and supported and yeah, don't feel stupid for like, has anyone else thought this? And you're the, when you're the first person, you know, you're sitting in class in college and you're like, is anyone else thinking this? And it's like, (laughs) yeah, everybody else is thinking it. Nobody wants to say it. I was Um, always that student. I was like, I'll fucking say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hermione at my core. (laughs) Right. And it's, and it's, being so, you know, being confident in yourself and speaking, speaking up can be really scary because, oh, am I going, if people aren't going to, you know, people are going to judge me or whatever, but it's like, how do you get to that place? And you don't have to answer this right now, but you help people basically get to that place of, I'm going to speak up and I don't really, I don't really give a fuck like what other people think of me because this question needs to be asked in order for us to reimagine moving forward as a collective. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you, you know, stick your neck out or you just, you're not even stick your neck out. You're just yourself. Yeah. And, um, I think more, more people as they're leaving their jobs, they're like, wow, I've lost myself and I'm ready to like come home to yeah. my body and feel healthier and think about the future of like the collective and how does my lifestyle contribute to that? So, yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. Um, and one of the things that I kind of want to pull out of that is, is the relationship we have to our work. Um, I think especially in the U S we are very entrenched in having identity in the jobs that we have and the places we work. It's part of why higher ed is really attractive because the mission of it is so beautiful, but the experience of it can be really harmful. 
Um, not all the time, obviously nothing is a hundred percent, but I think that a lot of people can relate to that. And I think that I personally went through a lot of self-work, um, with a coach who helped me <laughs> learn how to rest and let go. Um, because I had gotten really like, I love the tech world and I had gotten really like high up in it and felt really amazing about it. And then was kind of burning out on it and was like, what is life? Who am I? <laughs> um, and so I, there, there's a lot of work that can happen to find that foundation where you start to feel really grounded and really calm and really confident to be able to reach out and take these questions and be visible and be vocal um, so that it doesn't feel as scary or scary at all. Even I, I had a, a question two days ago um, with a, a local friend who might become a client who was just like, can you explain how you feel about your coaching? And I was like, it's kind of hard to put into words, but I said, especially since going through the Liberate program, it was, I just feel really stable and grounded and like, it's going to happen. Um, and it, it, <laughs> I don't have any other explanation or proof quote unquote of it, but it just, there's a feeling you get when you do this work and you really connect with it and discover you're so much stronger than you ever thought. And you are so much more capable than you ever thought. And it has very little to do with whatever job you happen to have. Um, that job can be inspiring. It can be fulfilling. It can be amazing, but it doesn't necessarily define you as a human. And when that happens, you make that discovery. You, and you can hear me in my big sigh of like, you just feel so great. Like just, it's such a calm, chill place to be where you're just like, yeah, I, I just feel good. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think when we're not so close to our jobs and sometimes just having those jobs where you show up, do the work and go home, you know, higher ed is very emotionally, you're very emotionally tied to the work that you do. And I think for the past few years, there's been a lot of articles that have come out about this doctor decided to stop going to medical school and is now working at Trader Joe's instead. And it was a huge headline. I've, I'm, yeah, you're shaking your head. You remember it because yeah, people are like, wait, what? Like this person is giving me permission to stop doing what I'm doing, whether I'm a doctor or another in another field. And just kind of going back to this was emotionally taxing on me. And, you know, and in some cultures, it's like your brain isn't meant for more than like counting some change every day. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, if we look in history, it's like we used to be so community based and now we're so in the US so individual based in our careers that it's like all on us if, um, and that can feel scary. Like, okay, it's all on our shoulders. And so if we let go of this, well, we have nothing. And so I love that you're grounded in community care because we're kind of like, I don't know if it's like going, not going backwards, but again, we're reimagining. So how can we be more community-based so we don't feel like if we let go of something, we let go of all the support that we have and we're re purely responsible for it. Yeah. 
Well, and I think a lot of things are, well, I don't know if this is normal, but I grew up with my dad telling me a lot of interesting theories. And one of them was that a lot of things are pendulums. And so in society, we have this pendulum that has kind of swung us away from community towards individualism. And when it reaches too far is when it starts to swing back. And I think we're at that pivot moment of swinging back towards community and realizing, sure, we can do it all on our own, but it kind of sucks being all on our own, right? It like, it just, yeah, like we weren't wired to do it all alone. Um, and so I think that especially with the pandemic happening, that just became so clear that as soon as like all community was taken away essentially, um, and we were kind of isolated at home, it became so obvious of why we need it and why um, even our health, mental and body need it because it, it feeds these things that make us who we are and that give us health and vivacity, vivacity, however you want to say it. <laughs> Vivaciousness, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but it's it's like the the community that really lights us up and keeps us going and, and gives us purpose, I feel like. Yes. Yeah. And we were, we were together. Um, one of my friends from grad school used to say we're alone together. So like we mm-hmm. were together, but we were still lonely mm-hmm. and we, yeah, during the pandemic, we recognized how much relationships and connection and support. Mm-hmm. Need. So this was Such a beautiful realization, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that there is so much hardship that came from the pandemic, but I think that people are really looking at what they've learned and what they're still working through. Um, cause we're still in it. So, um, yeah, this has been, this has been great, Amy. It's so great. Like chatting with you. I feel like we could talk for so long about, <laughs> about, but we're in a really interesting moment right now. We are going through a pivot as a collective and as a society here in the U S. So if people wanted to reach out to you to continue the conversation, sign up for the unwinding collective or work with you one-on-one, where is the best place for them to do that? Um, so you can go to my website, amycullen.net. Uh, there's lots of information there. And then I have a lot of free content on Instagram at Amy, a amy.a.cullen, um, C-U-L-L-E-N, like Edward and Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what kind of coach she is now. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Y'all know this. <laughs> I got Harry Potter. I got Twilight. I got Star Wars. I got Star Trek. Just let me know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. And I appreciate you sharing your story, um, spending time with myself and everyone who's listening today. And I'm excited to continue growing this community with you. And we will see you on the interwebs. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Really appreciate it. Are you ready to start your six-figure business? Then download our free guide called Six-Figure Mindset Shifts for Higher Ed Entrepreneurs. In it, you'll learn the top 10 behaviors and mindset shifts to leave your job, build your business, and have impact. Becoming successful means learning what it takes to become the CEO of your business and life. Get this free guide now at thehighereditentrepreneur.com slash guide.